0: Saturday morning, everybody. This is Brian Bledsoe, the host of the Desert Farmer Podcast, and I am super excited to be here in Liberal, Kansas today, which is the site of the 2024 Desert Farmer Meetup. For those of you that got to the trade show and the speakers yesterday at the Seward County Event Center, uh, you know what a great day. What a great first day we had. We had a lot of folks there yesterday uh, browsing, obviously the trade show, taking in a great line of speakers, and today we have another great line of speakers out there, and obviously the trade show that's going on. Again, the Seward County Activity Center is where these two events are being held, the one yesterday and obviously the one today. This evening, we've got Happy Hour, which is hosted by AgRisk Advisors. We also have the dinner that's taking place, and then I will be giving the keynote address along with a long-range forecast. That event is... Is being held at the Liberal Conference Center. So we've got the trade show and the speakers going on at the Seward County Event Center today. We've got happy hour, dinner, and my presentation tonight at the Liberal Conference Center. For those of you that have never been, and if you're in the region today looking for something to do, I highly recommend taking this in. This is one of those events that is uh, extremely organic and designed to really just bring a lot of good folks together, not only for fellowship, but also to share some ideas and just. Simply try to bridge the gap on a normally quieter, quieter, I say, time of year. Well, we've got other farm shows going on. We've got high school sports going on. So, look, I get it. If you're busy and you can't make it here, uh, I will be talking some about the presentation I give tonight on a future podcast. But I highly recommend if you can get to the Liberal Conference Center this evening. Happy hour starts at five. The dinner's at six o'clock. And we've got uh, my presentation starting at seven o'clock tonight. It is going to be a great evening. And if you can get there, uh, I highly recommend in doing so. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time today because uh, I know obviously you're busy, but there's something that I want to kind of elaborate on more uh, in more detail from what I talked about uh, last week about the possibility of a bigger storm system coming in here uh, during the early part of February. And just looking at some computer model information over the past couple of days, one thing is certain, there is definitely going to be something ejecting out of the southern Rockies and out of the western part of the United States uh, as we head toward next weekend. And now, you might be asking, well, what, what does that mean, something ejecting or coming our way? It, it, it means just that. There's going to be a large storm system plowing into the western part of the United States, and that energy is going to be making its way farther eastward. Now, the the tough thing to resolve at this range, uh, the details, okay? The details are going to be something that uh, we're going to wrestle with all week because anytime you have a a jet stream this powerful coming into the southwestern part of the country and you're going to spin up an upper-level storm system, how that storm system not only evolves but also moves eastward is always in question as to how that's going to be these storms usually move more slowly these storms are usually sometimes stronger than um, than some of the storms that come out uh, at different times a year and they usually produce a lot of wet weather wherever they do indeed track and the information i was looking at yesterday was bullseye places from southeast wyoming all the way down into the Red River region of Oklahoma and Texas. The the computer model information that I'm seeing today has that same storm system tracking a lot farther south and really uh bullseye folks down across eastern and north central new mexico west texas and then extending southeastward toward the gulf coast so there's going to be a lot of play in exactly how this storm evolves where it inevitably tracks and what it means for our region but the fact of the matter that is in a storm of this magnitude that is happening this time of year and by this time of year i mean you know big storms Uh, for the for the midsection of the country especially the western and southern plains um are kind of an aberration, if you will. We usually don't think of January and early February as a big uh, storm time of year. After we get through November, December, we usually kind of skip over a couple of months and then we go to March and April with the seasonal shift. Uh, And that usually helps to breed some bigger storms. So this is a storm system that is no doubt, um, you know, a product of the El Nino situation that we've got going on right now and still have going on. And by that, I mean that the jet stream is diving farther south and it's remaining very intense and it's probably going to remain in that area uh, for a while longer. So buckle up from Southern California, Arizona, New Mexico, up in Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, all the way to the Gulf Coast uh, late this next week and next weekend because that's the timing of when this storm, at least the way it looks right now, could possibly impact those regions. Now, before we get to that time, this upcoming week's going to be amazing. Talk about a nice thaw that's going to take place for a lot of areas. Uh, and just some really pretty weather likely going to take place for the majority of this week. I want to expand on that just a little bit because you heard me talk about uh, an El Nino kind of infused jet stream pattern that we're going to be dealing with. The El Nino that we've been dealing with uh, for the past uh, several months has peaked. Okay, It peaked late in December, earlier in January, and we are starting to see the uh, enso region that el nino la nina region along the equator off the west coast of south america across the pacific ocean that water uh, those water temperatures are starting to cool and basically what that means is not only has the el nino peaked but we are reversing the trend that had developed at this same time last year, we had to warm the Pacific region up in the El Nino-La Nina region last year at this time through the spring. We maxed out, and now we are going back the other way. And uh, as as I've said many times here on the Desert Farmer podcast, we will likely go back to La Nina here pretty quickly. After this El Nino event collapses, which it is in the process of doing, not necessarily in a rapid fashion, but it is going backward that once that uh, El Nino, uh, this El Nino collapses, we will start going back the other way toward La Nina. And you know, if you uh, if you reside uh, in the desert farmer region of western Nebraska, eastern Colorado, western Kansas, down into the Oklahoma and Texas panhandles, eastern New Mexico, that area historically dries out when we go back to La Nina. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen all at once, and that's going to be. A focus of my presentation tonight that we have some time here okay we with the with the water temperatures out there still warmer than average they're not just going to go colder than average starting tomorrow it takes a little bit of time for that transition to take place so it's very important that we capitalize on whatever this el El nino has in store for us the rest of the way before it gets out of the road and uh not only do we capitalize on the moisture that it will produce for a lot of the region, but also to be very dialed in and judicious and well-planned with exactly what we're going to do with that moisture. I flew into Dodge City, Kansas yesterday and drove from Dodge to Liberal. And the amount of water that I saw standing in fields uh, and just in the ditches and whatnot, you have not seen that. For quite some time, so there is moisture there. There is an excellent soil moisture profile going on for a lot of us in these regions, and we have to be very calculated as how we're going to use it because after we get past this spring, which I actually think will be fairly beneficial throughout most of the region, uh, we will no doubt go backward in terms of our moisture frequency and also uh, the uh, how widespread our moisture-producing storms uh, will inevitably be. It's just the way history plays out. And uh, that type of information is steeped in the computer model information uh, that I've been looking at as well. So I don't want to scare anybody. I don't want to be all dramatic. And I don't want to be hyperbolic about how this transition takes place. I think it's just we we really need to be uh, this type of El Nino to La Nina transition needs to be very much at the forefront of our planning as we uh as we extend through 2024 and that's some of the advisement that i'm going to be given tonight uh to those that want to show up and to those that uh that want to listen so uh if you want to do that again at the liberal conference center tonight starting at five o'clock we've got happy hour going on at six o'clock we've got dinner and then i will be on the main stage at seven o'clock talking about a lot of this stuff uh to whoever will be in attendance um until that time i've got a lot of stuff to get done today i'm going to head over to the conference center uh and, uh, obviously shake hands, meet people, whoever wants to come out, please make it down. If you have the opportunity, it's going to be a great time, but if you can't make it down, be listening right here on the desert farmer podcast. We'll be talking a lot, uh, in the upcoming days about what transitioned here tonight, uh, at the, uh, liberal conference center and, uh, just all the fun that we had. So, uh, be good. Have a great Saturday, everybody. I hope you are all well. And if I don't speak to you tonight, I'll be talking to you soon right here on the Desert Farmer Podcast. Take care.